Hi, welcome again to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of August 17th. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, and joined again today by... Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Jackie Rotaco, account coordinator at Interval. Hi, guys. Hey. Howdy. How are you? All right. Awesome. Awesome, because it's hot out. <laughs> it's nasty out. It's not nasty. It's hot. No, it's nasty. We it's need steamy. it hot here. We've had this discussion before. We're in Minnesota. If we can't get it hot here, then the winters are even worse. Okay, so let's actually let's let's just turn this let's turn this dog upside down. Let's start with the commercial. We have an ad that we are debating. Right? Some of us love it. Some of us are, again, kind of well, not hating it, just... Undecided. Undecided or or thinking way deeper into it than probably one should. <laughs> we'll let you figure out who that is. But Jackie, why don't you... This is one you brought to the table. Why don't you explain what it is? Because I think that helps. Who's it from and what's it trying to do? Well, it is for the 50 million pound challenge. Um which is, it looks like it's the guy who's running it is the guy from Celebrity Fit Club. Um, so the two ads that um, I had brought to the table, one is um, with a guy that drives through a drive through orders like the whole left side of the menu and then pulls <laughs> up to the drive through and sees, essentially, I suppose if you didn't know who the guy was, it looks like a personal trainer. and um, And then the other one is with the woman who makes a Sunday that's larger than her head and turns it's around. It's huge. And sees the same guy standing there with his arms crossed. And um, so you can, you pretty much get the vibe that it's for, you know, weight loss and wellness. And, um, but unless you go to the website, you wouldn't really know. You might not know who the guy was or what it was for. So, right. But he's kind of standing would, there and he's imposing. He's and, his, the point is I'm your whatever whatever the psychological term is, id, ego, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's not even those. There you go. Whatever it is. He's your, he's the dude on your shoulder that says you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Except for he's standing in the, either in the restaurant drive up window or he's in the line with ice cream and he's, he's looking pretty ominous, I would say. Yeah. And so what we were debating was, now you like this ad. You thought it was fun. The, the one with the drive through I thought was pretty funny. Well, we laughed at both of them, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the, the ice cream was like a gallon of ice cream. That's what <laughs> uh, but what we were debating was how effective is it to piss people off, to scare them, to to say you're a bad person for doing this. Does that to really le- help to them lecture change? them? What's that? To lecture them. That's kind of what it was. It was right. a silent lecture, right. but it was he was frowning. He's like, "You're you're a bad person. You're doing Turn around something and, you shouldn't be right, doing." Exactly. Right. And we've been digging into wellness for some of our clients and, and mm-hmm. how they can take that and go to the market with it. And so we're learning about this stuff. So it really intrigued us to think about, well, we've heard from some people who've said, you know, you can't really, the big brother, you should stop smoking because it's bad for you. doesn't work for the people who smoke because they can rationalize their way right around that. And the people right. who don't smoke, it's not going to, doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Right. If you're going to eat a two gallon bowl of ice cream, some dude telling you it's bad for you is really not probably going to... Right. You probably know that two gallons of ice cream are... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it more struck me as funny, and essentially I always want to make a two-gallon thing of 
ice cream sundae and i always want to order left side of the menu at the drive-thru <laughs> so it's just you know it's i just found it more humorous because i don't know well and the tagline said something about do you have a plan to help yourself if you right. don't get a plan so obviously it's not all about this this campaign isn't all about uh just kind of making people feel bad for their choices it's mm-hmm. trying to help them that's just how they come through in these ads but helping them through these plant for a plan and website and all kinds of other things so and he's more like a coach yeah he's like a coach but he's like the coach that gets mad at you and makes you feel <laughs> yeah. like a pile of dirt so that you try harder as opposed to the coach <laughs> it's like you know you can do better and have you tried this have you tried that he's one of those coaches he's like bear bryant or an old-fashioned south <laughs> southern football coach not a New age Zenny coach. True. Is Zenny a word? It, it is, is now. <laughs> I don't know if Zenny coaching would help with the two gallons of ice cream either. I don't know. Right. I'll, check, anyway. I'll check UrbanDictionary.com. See if, if Zenny. See if Zenny is on there. Zenish. <laughs> Zentastic. Okay. Well, we'll put a link to that. You guys can help us decide whether uh, what what really like to add, or whether you know even further if it if you think that kind of stuff is effective. Because obviously, as a country, we have a issue, and we're not going down that path in this podcast. But uh, we really want to change things when it comes to the HCR topic, which I'm not going to say. We all have to make better choices. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like it's <laughs> that NBC after school. <laughs> what, what was that called? Now you know, or more. Like a little PSA, you just yeah. Like, it was like I, I remember David know. Schwimmer doing it, and the little yeah. stars shot across, the <laughs> comet shot across, and it was now you know or more you something. Yeah, I think it was now you know. Right. We should the do more after you know. school specials more you know. for healthcare marketing. Would that be humorous? God, we're we're gonna we should try that. Do like a little acted out video, and it'd be an after school special. And we'll go find Christy McNichol. Or do you guys even know who she is? No, she was. She made her. She cut her teeth on after school specials. She was she was a hot teen star in the seventies when you guys were <laughs> anti embryos. Not even a thought in my not parents' head. Thought, yeah. No. <laughs> but those of you my age will finally, if you're male, finally recall Christy McNichol. That's all I'll say. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a link to her. Hiding, <laughs> yes, and we'll do our own little after school special. Think? Sounds good. To I me. think that's an untapped format. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about uh you know, you've said left side of the menu twice now. I think that's hysterical. And I think we should figure out a way to apply that to marketing because we continue to stumble upon these ways that people are defining marketing. And and so we've talked about outbound and inbound, which was new to us. Uh, and then I've I've been exposed, if that's the right way to put it, to a different kind of definition called above the line marketing and below the line marketing. So have you guys heard of that? No, no, I had not heard of that. Uh, but I think I think we should figure out to do the left side of the menu marketing and right side of the menu, <laughs> whatever that means. Need tell. more. And what does left side like of the menu it. mean to you? Just like it's a lot. A lot. Right. There's not like a difference of the left or the right. It's just a lot. No, yeah, it's just you can't decide or you want everything. So you everything. sort of the left side of the menu. Yeah. I wonder how menus actually are. The left is typically the main items, and the right is all the random appetizers and main item junks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe we could figure out how to take that and apply it to marketing <laughs> and create our own phrase. Okay, so above the line, below the line. So I wonder how many people out there know what the heck this is. I'm going to read a couple definitions, which just confused me more. 
it's very interesting to, to, to understand where this came from. So let me try to explain the history of it. Uh, the term comes from accounting. Okay. So back in the day, the 50s and 60s, Procter & Gamble, which is a huge advertiser, uh, it, it, it goes to how it, charged for its, it was charged for its media, so when it would buy advertising. And this is, this is from Wikipedia, which, of course, is never wrong. Advertising <laughs> agencies made so much commission from booking media for clients that the creative generation and actual production costs of making TV ads were free, hence above the line, meaning there wasn't a cost to Procter & Gamble. Everything else they paid for and was therefore below the line. So if it was a mass, so basically above the line marketing came to stand for paid media. Uh, so examples given are television, radio, uh, cinema, print, uh, anything where there's you know mass paid advertising. Okay. Now this is where it gets confusing to me. This is the definition from Wikipedia again. Uh, major uses include television and radio, advertising, web and internet, banner ads. This type of communication is conventional in nature and is considered impersonal to customers. We agree? Yeah. It differs from below-the-line advertising, which believes in unconventional brand-building strategies, such as direct mail and printed media. <laughs> Very unconventional. And usually involve no motion graphics. <laughs> now, I have no idea who wrote that. Would we consider direct mail unconventional? I, I, would, con- I would consider that one of the, the most conventional yes. ways of marketing. Or impersonal. Or impersonal. It's good. Yeah, no. that's good. I mean, we talked about this before we started the tapes rolling. And I think, I think what this is trying to say is that the, the parts of advertising that fit in above the line are mass. They're, they're, you, know, you, you can segment a little, but not a lot. You can segment now maybe by different TV channels you buy on and the shows you buy on. Mm-hmm. But direct mail can be very targeted. Yeah. It can be targeted demographically or even in other ways. But 90% of the direct mail I get is not. I'm sure it's targeted. They think it's targeted. But to me, it comes off like a television commercial. There's nothing personal about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's, a, I think that's a funky way to do it. Unfortunately, that the other definition I found has the same division. So above the line... Uh, TV, radio, print advertising, outdoor advertising, yellow pages. Makes sense. Uh, below the line, direct mail, direct response broadcast, direct response print. Okay, so some of those don't make sense to me again. Direct response broadcast. Well, somewhere along in here, too, they, they, people use the term through the line which is when you have <laughs> above-the-line marketing that goes through the line you know, this is the to below-the-line marketing, like a TV ad that would say, go to our website where you can, you can register to win something. If there's oh. anything that ever makes me get out of marketing, it's going to be these damn terms. That's why we need to create really, our own dude. It really sickens me. Honestly, all these stupid terms that people... Every, everyone, marketers just need to put a name to everything, and it's kind of... That's what we do. We package, we label, we brand. We even brand our own little concepts. It's just, it's, it's left it's, in the menu. We've got it. We're, by next podcast, we are coming up with some way to delineate marketing using left of the menu, right of the menu. <laughs> and it will start it here, and we will get credit when Wikipedia, somebody three years from now, has some post the definition of left of menu, right of menu. I imagine this is how many of these named 
thing marketing approaches start somebody sits down and comes up with a great name and then it's like okay now what can we do to make this name well the, that's a, that's an interesting history i get where it comes from and there's some there's some you know finance involved in the above the line below right. the line right. vernacular and it's interesting that that then became applied and used throughout the industry it didn't just stick within procter and gamble but uh th- the whole point of this is that we can come to some kind of understanding of what these mean is that Everyone seems to be talking that above-the-line marketing is fading in its impact and below-the-line marketing is growing. Uh, and so... Below the, below the belt? Below, well, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> no, that's, um, that's growing. Below, the, below the line marketing is growing. I see. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. Cute. So I, I intuitively buy into that. Uh, meaning that people are saying, hey, you, you, know, you can't just run TV ads anymore. We've talked about that, especially in healthcare marketing. There's a lot of other things you need to do. Uh, it, but what, one of the things that kind of rubs me the wrong way is that people are attributing this shift to the fact that consumers no longer want above the line. They're no longer, they, they feel it's impersonal. And I don't think consumers ever wanted that. You know, in the 50s, there was... It just was, and there was no other alternative. Right. But I don't think people were saying, this is great. I love these soap ads that are right. in between. They, no. It was all anybody was doing. It was all they were doing. And they attributed their success to it. Right. Right. And so now people are saying, well, consumers don't want that. That's too impersonal. It turns them off. They're way more attracted to below-the-belt groin <laughs> marketing. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> but, but what I think that misses, and I agree with that, I agree that that people would a would certainly say that, uh, right. but but you can't. Here I'm going to defend the billboard again. I always find myself in this weird position. People will certainly say which is more appealing to you: a mass advertising campaign or genuine, you know, events and experiences and social networking. Of course, people are going to say they like the the latter, and of course, right. they're going to say they want genuine connections with their companies, and of course, they're going to say they want personal communication who wouldn't say all those things and who wouldn't say no i don't like tv ads and i don't like billboards and i'm not influenced by them that doesn't mean they're not and that doesn't mean they don't have an impact right Mm -hmm. they do they still do is it waning sure because like you said adam now there's all these other things that are that are competing for the attention uh but but if you drive like i do down 35w and you see the same billboard a hundred times uh, there's no helping that that has an impression on me. It may not be a good impression. It may be bad. I'm not going to be able to articulate that, most likely. Mm-hmm. But I still believe in the adage that the more folks are aware of something, the more familiar are familiar familiar. <laughs> <laughs> familiar. <laughs> what is the word? Familiar. 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 They are good gravy. The more familiar <laughs> they are. The more comfortable they are, and the more likely they are to use that down the road. I just think that that, stop. I think that Elmer Fudd has joined us. I think that that still holds true. Right. I agree. You know, you're you're much more likely to try something, experiment with something. If someone recommends it to you, word of mouth or below the line groin marketing, uh, if you are aware of them. You're much more likely to go, oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Or I know who you're talking about. 
than if it's somebody out of the blue and you have no clue and you're going to be like, who's that? I don't know. Maybe this person I'm getting advice from is cracked. So you guys with me on that? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll dig a little bit more into above the line, below the line. Uh, but I, I tend to agree that it's waning. I just think it's an overreaction <clears throat> to dismiss it outright, Yeah. especially on the premise that well people don't want it well of course they don't want it they've never wanted it that doesn't mean it doesn't work right exactly okay i just defended the billboard i apologize (laughs) profusely for that okay how about one more thing we'll make it a shorty today where'd it go oh so more competition for our friends in hospitals and health systems uh medical tourism has been around for a while now right Mm-hmm. Not sure how many people really consider it a, a, a real threat at this point. Certainly, if you're on the coasts, maybe more so. Uh, if you're here in Minnesota, for example, how many, you know, heart service line, cardiac service line directors are concerned about people flying to Singapore to get their surgery? It's real and it's probably growing. But this was an interesting thing, I thought. Uh, Business Week, August 17th issue, had a blurb titled Get Sick, Visit Japan. And it's all about how Japan is trying to, through its tourism office, build up medical tourism. So they've made it a national priority to try to bring in people from Europe and the United States and other places uh, to Japan. Uh, hmm. So I thought, wow, here's a, here's a, you know, you hear that, you hear countries certainly trying to promote, you know, the United States has always tried to support its auto industry, clearly. Uh, and you've got other nations that focus on different trades. Uh, so I'm sure some of the Asian company, countries are doing this, but, but to have a, a, a country just come right out and say, okay, we're going to lure wealthy patients from nearby Asian nations uh, as part of its uh, Ministry of Econ- Economy. Good Lord, I can't say anything today. <laughs> Trade and industry plan, right? So... So, for example, as a first step, 10 of the country's biggest hospitals will team up with travel agencies and translation services to offer tour packages combining checkups with sightseeing. So Interesting. Interesting. I mean, would any of us travel to Japan with the intent of getting a checkup just to make it? I mean, I'd have to want to go to Japan in the first place. Right? Wouldn't you guys? Yeah, I I, I would love to go to Japan, but... Not to go to the I doctor. I think the last thing would be, um, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and maybe if, if you're someone who does these trips regularly and it's can squeeze it in while you're there, but I don't know. It's an interesting concept. It'll be it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see where it goes. Here's here's what they they're betting on. They're betting on competing in areas that other Asian countries don't offer, which they have identified as cancer treatments, gene analysis, and other high tech services. And Japan, this is quoting from the article, Japan's reputation for safety, cleanliness, and pampering may help. But will that be enough to overcome other hurdles, such as the country's shortage of doctors, for instance? That's an interesting yeah. little sidebar they might want to look into. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just thought, you know, this is just going to continue to increase, don't you think? I would imagine. Yeah. I would love to see... Hmm. Some other country kind of put the United States in a similar like make. Well, I don't think it would be Mexico, uh, maybe Canada. I'm just thinking something that's on our border here that can all of a sudden start pulling people in for healthcare somehow for some some offering that they have. Mm-hmm. 
That happens you south can, of you the can, border. You can get a, Mexico. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would just be interesting to, uh, I don't know, see some other country turn our healthcare thoughts on and on its head. You know, just really turn turn our view around on, on some of the stuff that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. It's really interesting when you, I mean, it seems so far-fetched to travel to Singapore until you look into the financial part of it and see that it's a fraction of the cost. The quality is pretty much the same. Yeah. And you, you get a week on the beach included, including <laughs> your travel and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, and um, that book that I've quoted a few times, The uh, Innovator's Prescription, they talk a little bit about that. And they talk about how centers of excellence will start popping up just even throughout the United States uh, where hospitals are dedicated to doing one thing and one thing only. And he gives a couple uh, examples of hospitals that are already doing this. There's one in Toronto, I believe it's called Shouldice that all it does is some kind of hernia operation. Uh, and you think, well, boy, won't hmm. it be costly? And and he gives an example of a buddy of his who, uh, I think it was he had asthma, and the and the all the money and time he had spent over the years trying to get this fixed, equate that to a two thousand dollar expense to travel there, and a thousand dollars to get treated or whatever it is. Let's say it's five grand, which sounds expensive to you. Think the last five years what this guy spent in his time and his travel and his medical expenses. Not right. to mention what his insurance company spent. It, it's not even close to, to go there and get treated by the best and get it taken care of. So when you actually look at the numbers, you start going, well, this isn't really that far-fetched. It seems like ridiculous that it would be cheaper to fly to Singapore, but it's really not. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, you're getting a I little it. vacation on top of it. Yeah. And <laughs> it helps justify the expense as well. It helps, absolutely. If you can throw that in there, it's still cheaper, and you're getting great care. That's part of the reason why some of those medical tourism spots are, are so successful and have great qualities because they're very focused. You know, and all they do is heart surgeries or all they do is joint replacement or whatever it is. Um, because of that, they have economies of scale and they have processes and procedures that just, it's almost like a factory and they can get you in, get you out, and their infection rates are low and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a difficult thing for our generalist hospitals to compete with that are trying to do 100 different things and do them all well. Yeah. Speaking of um, infection rates, there's something I retweeted yesterday from a, a, a dude who I follow, his, his blog. He's called The Skeptical Hypochondriac. Um, he just <laughs> basically just puts out little health tidbits here and there, just things that a lot of times are, they're like freaky stats or something. Or, or, not always. Sometimes it's useful information. But he had one, um, I think it was yesterday, that it struck me as kind of interesting that he kind of tied into healthcare reform. And he's, you want to reform something, reform this. And talked about the um, right. number of people a year who die in hospitals due to infections that they get in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I think the figure he put out there was 100,000 probably people. Yeah. And then he compared that to like how many have died in the Iraq war and how many died of car c- crashes and plane crashes. And he's like, this is a pretty outstanding or pretty astounding figure. Yep. So just interesting since you threw out the infection rate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of people who are trying to work hard on that. And some of the solutions are so obvious, like checklists during surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how, how, disorganized and disparate our health system is across the country that you think that if if this is the way it works in this place then then everybody should be doing it that way and it's so far from the truth so hopefully we'll get there okay how's that doing good 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 okay cool well for healthcare marketing insights this is chris adam meyer jackie 
Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.